0: Welcome to this Touch Podcast activity, which has been recorded for Touch Oncology. This podcast aims to bring you expert perspectives from a multidisciplinary team on the case-based implementation of immune checkpoint inhibitors in endometrial cancer through shared decision-making. This activity is funded by an independent medical education grant from GlaxoSmithKline, This activity is provided by Touch IME. In this podcast, a gynecological oncologist and a medical oncologist discuss the key considerations for the management of immune-related adverse events with immune checkpoint inhibitors in advanced or recurrent endometrial carcinoma, highlighting clinically relevant adverse events and their management in practice.
1: Hello. Hello. Welcome to the discussion about the key consideration in the management of immune-related adverse events with immune checkpoint inhibitors in advanced or recurrent endometrial carcinoma. My name is uh, Christian Martin. I'm joined today by Professor Laria Colombo from Bellinzona for this discussion about very important factor we are developing at the moment. So we have learned that uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor uh, has indeed improved, the progression-free survival has improved the over-survival and increased the over-response rate in endometriocasinome. However, there is also a price for this very important activity and there are immuno adverse events and I am happy that Dilaria will tell us today what is the most important toxicity we have to think about when we treat patients with jak inhibitors.
2: So thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Christian. And this is, uh, as you say, the really important topic because now we are using more and more immune checkpoint inhibitors also for patients with uh, uh, gynecological malignancy. So we need to think uh, a bit differently compared what we have been used for the management of toxicity with chemotherapy that was you know the treatment that was used in endometrial cancer uh, until just a short uh, time ago. So the majority of uh, adverse event from immune checkpoint inhibitors happen because we activate our immune system, and so what happened is that our immune system can induce inflammation if it's uh, acting against our normal cells. So potentially. All our body could be interested from an adverse event from an immune checkpoint inhibitor and what we need to see is like uh, thinking about the reaction of inflammation in the different tissue of our uh, body so um, there are different type of adverse events immune related adverse events that can occur the more common around the skin so you can see for example rash in the majority of cases for example these are low grade rash or despite being maybe spread in the body they are not uh, too uh, serious Rush, But we also uh, might have, in rare cases, a serious adverse event. For example, Steven Johnson syndrome uh, induced by immune checkpoint inhibitor. The other common adverse event that can happen is colitis. This is the same principle. is that There is an inflammation into the mucosa of the bowel that occurs with diarrhea. So we have learned, for example, that if a patient is on immune checkpoint inhibitor and comes to our clinic or calls us complaining about some diarrhea, we need to think uh, importantly, right away about some immune-related adverse event. Then we can have also pneumonitis, uh, nephritis, uh, liver toxicity, uh, and any part of our body, as I said, could be interesting. We have endocrinopathy, for example, dysfunction of the thyroid, dysfunction of the adrenal gland, and even on the hypophysis. So these are really a new type of adverse events that we are need to be, you know, to learn how to manage and particularly how to recognize quite quickly. I think that is a very important part as well.
1: What what is your approach? Are you are you screening for for lab values each time you give an and checkpoint inhibitors? Are you waiting for for symptoms to look then more careful into into the details?
2: Yeah, so uh, I usually in terms of uh, blood tests, I do blood tests uh, every time just before each infusion. Uh, this particularly to look to kidney function and uh, liver function as well. We also monitor the thyroid function, uh, testing the CSH, maybe not at every single cycle if a patient is doing well, but at least every two, three cycles, we monitor also the thyroid function. So some, some of the adverse events can be seen by the lab. For example, if you have a transaminitis, sometimes patient doesn't have any symptoms, but you can pick that only if you do a blood test. And other type of adverse events, uh, you can detect because of symptoms occur or because examining the patient, for example, for rash. So I think it's a mix between the two approaches. So it's very important to examine the patient to have a, a good medical history uh, collecting from the patient in terms of the adverse event that have occurred between one administration and the others and also some you know basic blood tests that we will do every time before uh, uh, an administration of
1: the le point inhibitor so for all this toxicity what what do what is your approach for the treatment and mitigation of of side effects
2: yeah. So, uh, in terms of uh, uh, the treatment of the adverse event, what is the standard treatment is the use of steroids. Uh, so, the steroids work quite well and sometimes also quite fast in the uh, treatment of these immune-related adverse event. Obviously, the decision on the treatment, how to treat and when to treat, um, it depends also on the type of adverse event, of immune-related adverse event, and the severity, so the grade of this toxicity. Sometimes for grade one toxicity, you can also think about close monitoring without jumping on the treatment with steroids. But for other type, like higher grade toxicity or severe toxicity as well, the treatment of uh, steroids with uh, high-dose steroids at the beginning is in the standard of care. And uh, because, uh, you know, this is a kind of uh, new treatment that is coming in endometrial cancer. But is uh, the use of immune checkpoint inhibitor is not a new treatment in oncology. So we had other tumor types where immune checkpoint inhibitors have been uh, used since uh, a longer time. So we have now also guidelines that have been developed how better manage this toxicity. So it's really important that we grade the toxicity. Uh, we define which is the best treatment. Also looking into the specific guidelines for that specific organ toxicity because it's important that we don't want to over-treat a patient with steroids if it's not needed. But it's also important that we do not miss an important toxicity that needs to be treated uh, right away with steroids. So sometimes it's also, you know, kind of experience that also you made managing more and more patients with this type uh, of drug. And it's important to Again, all we discussed is about the multidisciplinary management of patients with endometrial cancer for the decision of which is the best treatment. Here is important also multidisciplinary management uh, for the treatment of toxicity. You need internal medicine specialists, endocrinologists, the cardiologists, the nephrologists, according to the type of toxicity that occurred. And also our colleagues, they are getting more use to manage the toxicity from these drugs because they are learning as well. So I think the discussion also with the specialists of that specific organ is
1: important. Uh, one important question is always coming. If, if you have a, have a single side effect, the pancreatitis, hepatitis or, or colitis, you, you, you treat with, with uh, corticosteroids, you, you, you pause. The checkpoint inhibitor. uh, Do you think what? When can you restart? Or what is? What are the problems uh, by restarting? Then again with the treatment.
2: So that is a really great question and to tell the truth I don't know if I have the correct answer for this question so you know sometimes you have a severe toxicity and then the decision is not to rechallenge because obviously that is the toxicity are due to an activation of the immune system so rechallenging the immune checkpoint you might still have the same toxicity and even uh, worsening in terms of grading so really depending on how was the severity, and also if the patient is fully recovered, if there is any, you know, leftover toxicity as well. And another important point is also to look at um, which was the response to the treatment, because sometimes you see that there are patients that, uh, um, as we discussed previously, have a very good response, and sometimes also long-lasting response, despite we stop. The immune checkpoint inhibitor because of toxicity. So this is a very important question that it's we do not know for how long we need to treat this patient with immune checkpoint inhibitor. Sometimes also patients that achieve a very good response. Do I still need to keep them on that treatment? This, this, and this question is further more important for patients that have bad toxicity because maybe they're still having a long-lasting response even if I don't reintroduce the immune checkpoint inhibitor. So it's really in this case a very uh, patient-by-patient discussion. Uh, obviously, if you have uh, you know grade three, grade four toxicity, sometimes you don't. Uh, Re- restart the treatment. But if you have, for example, a great T3 thyroid toxicity, then recover, you just need replacement treatment, for example, to imagine the endocrinopathy, you might feel more comfortable to restart uh, the treatment as well. So it really depends on the type of organ involved in that toxicity. I don't know if you agree on this as well.
1: Yes, so I fully agree. Very, very well said. So I think one problem we we are using frequently also checkpoint inhibitors with combination, Mm -hmm. for example, with chemotherapy, and we have learned from the Ruby trial, from the Energy 18 trial, that chemo plus checkpoint inhibitor does not increase the the IO uh, toxicity. However, we also use uh, pambolizumab in combination with lenvatinib, Mm -hmm. and this opens a new window of, of, of side effects. And here, one side effect is uh, which has been uh, mentioned is, is is diarrhea, and now we have a problem: is the diarrhea uh, caused by DKI or is the diarrhea caused by a, uh, the checkpoint inhibitor? So, what is your recommendation? How can we distinguish be- between colitis and diarrhea? And what are our our response to this symptom?
2: Yeah, so that is a very great question and a very important point in clinic as well, because as you say, with the combination of pembrolizumab and lenvatinib, we have now seeing also a new type of toxicity. And the gastrointestinal toxicity is one uh, that is a quite, quite important. So uh, there are two Two aspects that uh, one uh, is also the onset. So when this uh, adverse event occurs. so the colitis is uh, quite an early type of immune-related adverse event. If this is due to immune checkpoint uh, inhibitor, so if we have uh, in a patient on pembrolizumab and lembatibeb colitis happening at the beginning of the treatment, I think we need to think about really the possibility that this is related to the immune checkpoint inhibitor. And the other difference is also that lemvitinib is taken daily. So sometimes you can even think about if you don't know what is coming from, to all the treatment for a couple of days and see if this is uh, a change uh, or not in terms of the severity of the diarrhea as well. This can help sometimes also in, uh, in understanding this. And, uh, you know, the diarrhea from TKI's, with the diets, you might have an help in avoiding this diarrhea. Usually, this is not the case for the immune-related adverse events. What if it's a real colitis? You usually need to do, uh, you know, steroids to treat them. And obviously, if there is doubt. Uh, I think in order to give the best management, you need to do investigation. And uh, one of the investigations that sometimes is needed in the patient is to do a colonoscopy to look, uh, you know, if possible to take biopsy, for example, and then we can understand if there is immune infiltration, immune activation, and then decide to do steroids. And I want to stress this because the treatment of colitis, uh, if it's immune-related colitis, is important that happen quite soon. Because in uh, mistreated uh, or misdiagnosis, a uh, colitis that lasts long can give complication. You can even have perforation or uh, peritonitis from these complications. So it's really important to do investigation that can can help us in better understand where it's coming from.
1: What is your opinion about the inflammatory marker like like fecal calprotectin in the in the differential diagnosis between diarrhea and, and colitis?
2: Yeah, so this is uh, something that can be done, Can, uh, can sometimes can be uh, helpful. Uh, I don't know, so in your experience, this is helping to discriminate in all cases, or at least is an add-on to, to other uh, clinical assessment as well. But for sure, is another important instrument that we can uh, use easily also in, in our clinic.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. It's very important and don't forget also the endoscopic evaluation because sometimes you also might see perforations and you see further problems. So uh, that's that's a very important point. Yeah, I think we had a great discussion about all these very important topics about the toxicity we are inducing with this new effective treatment. But what we have to understand that at the end of the day, this is a a new step forward with a very well tolerated uh, type of treatment. And with this, I would like to thank again, Ilaria, for the outstanding discussion and you for your attention.
2: Thank you very much, Christian. It was really lovely to discuss this. Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to this Touch podcast. You can access more content on gynecological cancers on Touch Oncology at www.touchoncology.com. Don't forget there are two other chapters in this series, so please listen in for further insights from the multidisciplinary team.